This is the Pulse of New Hampshire. I am J-Dog, and this week alongside me is a renaissance man, a true renaissance man. He's also a skier as well. He is also a doting grandfather. He is an author. He is an entrepreneur. He is also a fantastic father and a loving husband. He is also Eddie Popowski's number one fan and a big fan of football as well. He is the president and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental and the host of Northeast Delta Dental Radio, Mr. Tom Raffio. Tom, how are you? Good, Jay. Thanks, as always. You're the best. Love, love Vinny Media. Love that you're connected there. And probably my guest, George Pinkham, longtime coach from Bow High School, soccer coach, would be the only one that would uh, probably from this audience that w- would even know who Eddie Popowski is. You know, third base well, is- for the Boston Red Sox. He is famous behind the back. You got it. See, we can, we're already starting. We're, we're already starting. In he was English, famous. In English in media Raz in the middle of things without the proper <laughs> introductions. But, of course, everybody knows Coach George Pinkham. I'm coach for many, many years uh, at Bow High School, where I first got to know him, as well as prior to that, uh, uh, Concord High School. So let's just finish up on Eddie Popowski. So, so George and I are of the age where we know that the Red Sox were horrible and were uh, they would talk about them literally moving out of Boston until 1967, the year before they finished a half game out of last place. And of course, 67 became the impossible dream year with Carl Yastrzemski and Jim Longborg and Dick Williams. But the third base coach was this uh, uh, short uh, third base coach named Eddie Popowski who um would flip if, if if the game was out of reach um in those days let's say seven run lead now that's nothing but in those days if you got a ground ball in in those days you could actually throw the ball back to the pitcher instead of throwing the ball out um he would flip it behind his back so george the fact that you even remember that is terrific <laughs> remember it clear as day so George and I, during uh, when the when the Boston sports teams are in the playoffs, um, we email back and forth. But let's get back to business at hand. So um, you're one of my, uh, as you know, one of my favorite people of all time because not only are you an outstanding uh, soccer coach, but you're a leader of, of young pe- people. And in the spirit of transparency, George taught my youngest daughter, Gabby. Um, who's happily in Chicago, expecting, by the way, George. Oh, congratulations. So uh, time flies. Do you remember when she was a little girl? I do. <laughs> and then uh, um, George also coached my son, Brian, who's doing uh, who's doing terrific. And it was more important than coaching. He really gave Brian an opportunity to, sh- to shine and really turned around his life. But in any event, so what – so you so you are – literally the fifth most high school coaching wins in new hampshire after your brother mike ackerman jim tufts and george merrill um so you've coached for many years both at concord first and then at both so what what drew you to coaching obviously you played the game too but what drew you to coaching in the first place uh i started actually tom coaching if you can believe it two years out of little league baseball <laughs> Wow! when I was 14 years old in Whitefield, small town, they needed a coach. And I was, I think going into my sophomore year in high school 
And the guy said, can you coach? And I said, well, you know, these kids, some of them are only going to be a couple. And he said, so try it anyway. And I did and enjoyed it a lot. And so really since then, all of my, a lot of my work, you know, I've of course taught, uh, oh God, 44 years, 46 years, whatever it is, and uh, coached. And uh, I just was drawn to it because it was a challenge too, you know, putting a team together, uh, making them uh, compete and hopefully compete, you know, the right way, the right level. And uh, the smile on their faces <laughs> is, uh, in the end, when they have success, is uh, the thing that really stands in my mind. Uh, I've been blessed. I really have with fantastic players, uh, parents, uh, and uh, it just, was there any reason to stop? No. And as I've told people for years, even though I've coached soccer for whatever years, uh, the first varsity position I ever had was actually as a varsity baseball coach. The second position I actually had as a varsity coach was varsity basketball. So coach soccer was actually the third and uh, just enjoy it so much. And uh, the people you meet, the people you meet, the other coaches, the parents, referees. I was a referee myself for 25 years. Um, it's just, uh, it's made my life uh, so much more enjoyable. Has it been always perfect? No, of course not. You know, you, you go with the bunch, with the bumps in the road. But uh, I really have. I felt blessed with uh, being able to uh, to coach as long as I have. And you always coach the right way, and your 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 student athletes, you know, played the right way. Uh, always enjoy, you know, watching both soccer. So let's uh, let's date back to 1962 when. George Pinky Pinkham laced up the, the, the sneakers for Whitefield High School. So how has the game changed since 1962? Well, well, if you can believe it, in 1962, that was when I was in the seventh grade. Back then, small schools, you could try out with the big boys wow. <laughs> and play. Uh, there was a longtime physical education teacher and the first coach at Concord High School, soccer coach, when they started soccer, named Chuck Landry. He was actually second year out of Plymouth that year, was the Whitefield coach. And he put the little guys on one end of the field, and he had the big guys. And after the first week, I thought, what am I doing? So I quit the team. <laughs> so actually, the first team I ever played with as a seventh grader, I quit. But back then, they took a cardboard box out. So this is getting back to the initial question, how much has it changed? And those were soccer cleats. And you fished in the box until you found a pair that would fit you. And those were yours for the fall. At the end of the fall, you put them back in the box. Wow. Every year they would get a couple of new pairs and put in, but that was it. Uh, they had just started introducing rules changes from the international game, like throw-ins. Uh, that didn't occur in high school soccer until the early 60s. Um, 
And uh, no, it, it's changed. So the formation, we played five forwards, three midfielders, two backs. If the backs went out of the 18, the coach was yelling at them, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, no, it's changed so much since I started then in 1962. So fast forward, um, I've always perceived that the school soccer um, and youth soccer in New Hampshire, disproportionate to our size, is really, really good. Um, is my perception correct? Yes, no. Uh, this year in, in particular, um, the well, actually for the last several years, that I've gotten a chance to see really top Division I soccer at UNH. Um, they, Coach Hubbard has built a, really a national powerhouse there and part of it are new hampshire kids and uh some of them actually have gone on and uh proof that they can play uh i really felt last year last couple of years if with with a break that's it soccer now when you get at that level that's what's going to win most games is you get a break who's going to get the break and they just didn't get the break but they could have won a national championship. Um, great to hear. Tell us what it was like following your grandson. Um, and now, and, and tell us uh, um, the very moving story of him getting a, not only an MLS tryout, but also a contract. Tell us, tell us what that was like, because obviously soccer's in your blood. Uh, you've coached literally thousands of, uh, uh, young people over the years, uh, but to have a grandson make it to that uh, level of soccer uh, must have been exciting. It very exciting, uh, but I've well, I've seen my grandson since he was, you know, three four feet tall, and the drive the kid has to succeed, he's and well, you could ask Scott Dunlop because he got the coach at McConga High for two years. Uh, before he went academy and he said then i've never had a player that worked harder and um that's what christopher does he's an incredible athlete too incredible athlete um so he brings that along with the drive to succeed and last summer he was in well uh, he, he got contacts with the team in uh, Austin, Texas through UNH, one of the coaches there. They said, take a look at this kid. They invited him. And uh, he was there for three days. And when he left, they said, we're going to really keep our eye on you. We want you to play your final year in UNH. And uh, that's what happened. He had a great year. And they contacted him right away. It, they, after the season ended, and said, we want to offer you a contract. Uh, we don't have to put you in the draft because you're a grad student. We don't want to waste, you know, because uh, MLS teams only get three drafts picks a year. And uh, so they did, signed him right out to UNH to play. And he's it, I'm going to believe, starting. He's there in Arlington. Everybody is together. But uh, MLS this year has a tier of their top team in their two team. I feel confident he'll play with two uh, which is usually the new players, uh, sort of like AAA in baseball. And from there, they're all together. They'll keep their eye, and they can, like uh, 
even premier teams do, you know, with their academies, uh, move kids in and out. Wow, will, he a, ever, will he ever play at the MLS top level? I don't know. You know, that's, that's for the well, future. I'm confident he will. I was participating vicariously with, with Christopher's and UNH's run. So I predict he'll make it. So Jay, this is exciting when you hear of a local soccer star, you know, becoming professional, don't you think? No, absolutely. It doesn't happen everywhere. It's just, you know, how it is. I mean, uh, you go to UNH as coach had mentioned is becoming a, a, a powerhouse in soccer. It's a hockey school, but it's becoming a powerhouse in soccer for boy, uh, men's soccer. And they're always in the tournament and they're in the mix. And that's always, you never know what can happen. You just got to get to get in the tournament. As they say, we are with Tom Raffio, the president and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental and the host here of Northeast Delta Dental radio. And the guest this week is George Pinkham, retired bow high school uh, boys varsity soccer coach, one of the all time greats. And when we come back, we'll talk even more soccer here on the pulse of New Hampshire. This is the Pulse of New Hampshire. I am J Dog, alongside Tom Raffio, the president and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental and the host of Northeast Delta Dental Radio. And this week's guest is the legendary coach George Pinkham, retired uh, Bohai Boys Varsity soccer coach, one of the all-time greats. And it didn't just always happen with soccer, as Coach alluded to. It happened with Little League Baseball. And uh, we'll let you carry on with the conversation about that and a whole lot more here on the Pulse of New Hampshire. Awesome. And for, uh, we, you know, George, we have millions of people that listen to this radio, but maybe not quite millions. <laughs> but but um, I'm not sure if uh, everybody knows that uh, you actually have retired um, because, as you said, um, you didn't want to have sort of the last year sort of retirement tour. Um, so you quietly told um, the, the athletic director, Mike, and a few other people. And wait, so... Just uh, bring us through your, you know, your thought process on, uh, on, on, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, like Tom Brady retired and unretired. So how do you, how do you kind of, how did you contemplate it and then said, okay, this, I am going to retire and I'm not going to say much about it until the end. How, tell me about that thought process. Um, well, I had retired from teaching six years ago and my wife, said, well, that's it going to be for soccer then. I said, well, I want to go year to year. I want to go year to year. Uh, Tom, I still enjoy it. I still enjoy it. Uh, but I told her going into last year, I said, I think this will be my last year. Don't hold me to it, but I think it will be. And she said, ah, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> and actually halfway through the season, I said, yeah, no, I'm not getting any younger. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> And uh, so, uh, and to be honest with you, this last falls team that I had, uh, a lot of coaches like to go out on top. You know, they like to feel they've got a chance. A lot of coaches will win a championship and say, yeah, that's it. That's what I want to. Uh, the team that I had, I only started two seniors. Uh, there's a lot of talent there back. And so as I told Michael, the AD, I said, I'm not leaving the cupboard bare. You know, whoever's going to come in and take them, I don't want to put any pressure on, but they're going to compete right away. And from Michael hasn't come back yet and told me who will be taking over. I know there are a couple of people interested, uh, but, uh, and they're all quality people too. 
So I have no question in my mind that uh, anybody's going to step in right away easily. And as you would fill my shoes <laughs> and be successful. And uh, as That's I, why you're a level five leader, George, because, you know, one of our roles when we're the leader of an organization, a team is to leave it better than we started with and also make sure that there is a, uh, you know, a, a formidable, you know, succession plan. So obviously you gave that a lot of thought. So that's, you know, that's terrific. And um, I hope, I hope to see you though on the sidelines, occasionally watching a game. You know. Oh, I, I will be too many games, oh, good, good. but again, I, it's, it's not my personality to whoever's going to take my place to say, I'm looking over your shoulder. I'm looking, no, 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 no. Uh, I'll tell them from day one, it's your team, please. It's your team. I'm just there as a supporter and a spectator. I wish you any as much success in the world as you can get. 382 wins, Re really amazing. As I said, you know, top five in high school. And, and George mentioned uh, he was a teacher for many years, and um, people may not uh, remember this, but uh, um, Bo's middle school gym was named after or dedicated after George. And I went to that wonderful um, day. So, um, and that was another, I mean, in other words, obviously people know you as a soccer coach, but obviously you were a terrific teacher as well to have a gymnasium named after you. So what was that day like? I, I was there. I remember it was quite moving, a great turnout. Um, that was, 2017 so that's hard to believe that's six years ago yeah uh i'll be honest with you and tell you my first thought there was the kids that were still there <laughs> they were excited uh that's what kept me going so many years was the excitement that the kids brought to me and uh they were excited about it they they well you were part of it you were there they know they 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 wouldn't shut up they were great and I was just that, and actually to share it with my family because a lot of my family members were there. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. It was one of the most compelling, um, you know, dedications of, of anything that I've ever, I've ever been to. So, you know, so genuine. And it had a, a lot, of, lot of meaning for me personally. I've shared, you know, my thoughts on how wonderful George is in terms of, you know, leading my son, Brian, but also, you know, Gabby uh, was there. And so it had a lot of meeting. And of course, I'm really into, I still chair the Bow Schools Foundation. So we um, still like to support, I still like to support, you know, Bow where I can. So that was just, just an amazing uh, day back in 2017. So let's switch back to uh, soccer. So now that your son um, is is an MLS in effect. Um, what do you think, what's going to take it to really uh, take off? In other words, me, and by that, I mean, it's been around a long time. Um, the participation in soccer is, you know, is unbelievable in the United States, but in terms of two, two questions in terms of, you know, attendance, you know, that would get closer to the big four major league sports. What what do you, what has to happen for that to take place? Do you think? Unfortunately, being a soccer coach as long as I have, seeing things, um, I don't think it ever will uh, here in the U.S. Uh, 
right now there are too many too many sports that are out there that have their f- foot so you know already in place uh god for over a for hundred years uh soccer is a new let's say new dog to the game uh literally within the last 50 years all these other countries that are world powers soccer is their game it's a passion with them it's a passion it's the number one sport uh you go to england you don't see a lot of basketball and football played or i should say american football it's always soccer always in the latin american countries all over the world it's the world's game um the academies have been in place for for hundreds of years these are the feeders to the professional leagues uh the u.s doesn't have that they have academies but only within the last 10 years and uh it's uh just not to me in the cards where soccer is ever going to get any anywhere near as, as large or big as passionate as it is you know across the across the world um i would love it to uh but again, um, the U.S. is headed in a little bit of the right direction in that they're getting their best players overseas and playing in the professional leagues, Premier Leagues, Bundesliga, you know. And that's what's got to happen because nothing against MLS, but I, look, I always call it minor soccer league. Guys from Europe, Latin American countries that are over the hill, they come and play in the U.S. and make a big paycheck for a year or two. Um, but... Uh, They've got to get American kids, you know, playing overseas with good, good professional teams and organizations. So do you think even if they got, you know, I know like as far back as Pele came towards the end of his career, he recently passed away, you know, and Beckham played for Los Angeles. But if if they got some of those guys in in their prime, would would that help? They paid them enough. I mean. It, it no, it, well, it wouldn't help the U.S. team, <laughs> it's because they're you know they're gonna like they do, you know. Premier teams are all foreign players; they don't play for England, but you know they uh, they're, they're all foreign players. That's what would happen here in the U.S. These guys would come over. At least the American would see the way the game can be played at that level, you know, with with the players like that. But uh, not enough of them would come over, and I, I, they, they realize the best, the best soccer in the world is not in the U.S. You know, it's in the your your major leagues in Europe and in Latin America. So, uh, I'm definitely going to have to have you on again because I I want to um, explore that because I I personally love watching soccer on TV. Frankly, J Dog, because there's no commercials you have to sit through. But, but, <laughs> right. but, yeah. But I love it. But I get it. So as we, uh, uh, as you think about your legendary career, 36 years, 382 wins, four, uh, four state titles, many uh, in the final game, including 2007, and I'm still not over that. <laughs> we lost to Hanover. I'm still not yeah. over that, George. Uh, I don't know how you got over that, but I I, oh, never I, I didn't, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so in any event, um, but such an amazing. So what are your? I mean, the people you mentioned that earlier. Um, obviously, you had a 
great town, a good feeder system support, but what, what would be um, the, the biggest memory that you would want to share with the listening audience? Um, one of my biggest memories is a championship that I won as a coach, but it was in 1984 and it was in Henniker where I live. And, uh, it was a third and fourth grade team that my son was on as a fourth grader. And they asked me, I was actually coaching Bo middle school at the time. Can you do this? We don't have a car. I said, yes. We ended up winning the Merrimack Valley league championship. First time ever for a Henneker team. And, uh, my son got to win a championship and the joy because <laughs> this was a co-ed to him too. I had about four or five girls mm. on their faces. It was an overtime sudden death victory against the Bosquin team. Never forget it. Uh, I've won championships in high school. They're all special and other places, but uh, been a part as a player winning championships. But uh, <laughs> I have a picture of that team at home uh, wow. with my other teams. And uh, that's the one that stands out probably on top. Awesome. This man is a true level five uh, person. Uh, also went, Jay, you, you, sometimes in my intro, you mentioned the Dancing with the Stars. He came to one of my winning performances. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. So between George <laughs> and Dave Pinkham, they have over 1,000 career victories, highest brother total um, in the uh, United States. But more importantly, they both have done it right. I saw first seen firsthand, you know, with George, kids play the game right. Um, very, very uh, great manners. I just, it's, it's, I'm so glad that my life, you know, interconnected with uh, Coach Pinkham's. Um, please stay healthy. Um, say hi to Suzanne for me. And we're definitely going to have you back because I do want to explore, um, you know, like ODP and a lot of other uh, sort of uh, soccer uh, conversations, you know, that uh, Rob Grable wants to make sure that we that we have. So congratulations on a great career. 382 wins, four state championships, um, always done in the right way. Thank you, Coach George Pinkham. Tom, thank you so much for the kind words. And Suzanne made sure. You make sure you tell Tom hi. Oh, God, I love Suzanne. Cool. You're so well-dressed, too. That must be a, sh a shirt that Su Suzanne got you. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> too funny. J-Dog. Yes, this is another edition of Northeast Delta Dental Radio that is uh, about to end. Fear not, we'll have another edition. Next time here on the Pulse of New Hampshire for Tom Raffio, the president and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental Radio, as well as this week's guest, retired Vaux High School boys varsity soccer coach, the legendary George Pinkham. I am J-Dog, and we'll have another edition of Northeast Delta Dental Radio next time here on the Pulse of New Hampshire.